This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Welcome to Awesome Etiquette, part of the Infinite Guest Network. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning from the Emily Post Institute. It's good to be with you once again. So we've got to start off today's show with a, a, a story that is a true story, and it <laughs> happened last week. Lizzie came into the office and was telling me about something that had happened to her the night before. And I said, you know, this this is the intro to our, our next podcast. So was, without further ado. <laughs> I'm not sure that we should share it, but I, it does it does bring up some interesting dating conundrums and, and situations in the 21st century in this age of... It is a brave new world. Internet stalking <laughs> and all kinds of fun things. But I would... I was out at, at one of my favorite local bars with a, a wonderful girlfriend of mine, and um, this guy walks up to us. We're going to call this a little tutorial on what not to do. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> definitely what. Guys, take note. Hey, girls, take note. Um, so he taps my friend, and my friend is this gorgeous blonde. Like, I mean, she's just, she's got it going on. He taps her on the shoulder, and he says, hey, what's your friend's name? Indicating me. And I was, like, kind of taken aback. You know, I'm used to people going up and asking her for her name and that sort of thing. But I was just like, wait, that's my – like, immediately I go to critique mode. I'm like, your first move is to ask my friend for my name? What, am I chopped liver? Not the best move, but it it, it generates some interest. I was (laughs) generating some confusion and a little, like, what the heck, A little conflict, a little heat. Maybe he can transition this moment. All right, he didn't. (laughs) So (laughs) he – so I'm, I'm like sitting there like looking like, OK, what? You can't talk to me. And so he he I, I kind of said that to him. I was like, what? You, you think I can't answer for myself? And he's like, well, I wanted to ask her what your name was. I was like, bad move, man. Bad move. Like, come on, try again. And I said, here's how you do it. What's your name? And he didn't tell me his name. He just kept like kind of talking and he was kind of talking nonsense. I mean, you could definitely tell he'd been drinking a bunch like he wasn't sloppy drunk, though, by any means. But definitely not following the situation that was happening. He was kind of like trying to make his own situation happen. Mm -hmm. So already I'm feeling like ignored because it's like I've now asked him his name like two or three times at this point and he still hasn't answered. And so and he's still going back and forth with my friend trying to get my name. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? You're I'm right here. Like, you know, and I'm trying to get your name from you. And so finally I go, listen, man, I've asked you your name five times now and you haven't said anything and you've asked me for my number at this point. What makes you think I'm going to give it to someone who can't even hold a conversation long enough to tell me his name? Like, I'm really in mode at this Mm -hmm. point. I'm like, all right, your chance with me is shot and I'm really going to let you know about it at this point. I was having a bad day just in case anyone wanted to know. So (laughs) I just decided, you know, like, it's rare that I'll do this. I'm usually very compassionate, very understanding. In fact, my friends say it's a fault, but I, I think it's, you know, you got to give people credit for trying. I was done giving him credit for trying. So finally, he gives me his name. 
and we talk a little bit, and it turns out that he actually was a, a player on a hockey team that I'm a fan of. And not not national, just local. Um, but I wound up, you know, going, oh, wow, you know, I, I've, I'm familiar I'm with tr- the team. Yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with the team. I'm trying, you know, I'm like trying to remember. I'm not I admit I'm not great with with names on teams like, God, I have a really hard time every time my saints change up their players i'm just like ah, I've got... that's why they wear the colorful uniforms yes thank you it helps <laughs> anyway so so he tells me his name and i'm thinking oh well you know my dad goes to every single game i'm gonna ask my dad if he remembers this player at all because i'm i'm not recognizing the name it's it's not like some of the other players that really stick with you over the years mm-hmm. ouch <laughs> so i text my dad i'm like hey do you remember this guy from such and such hockey team and and the guy knows that I've now texted my father about it. So we start talking hockey a little bit, but mostly he just keeps trying to get my number and I keep saying no. And, you know, he's this guy is probably like 24, 25 years old. I'm almost 32. Like, not that that's a bad thing, but I've kind of had my share of dating these young 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds. I'm kind of done with it at this point. I would really Sorry, like to year old guys. date my own age bracket again. And... um. And I'm also just not in a place right now where I, I wanted to be giving this guy my attention or my number. And so um, we're we're talking and everything, and, and the text message comes back from my dad, and I'm kind of like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna say it to the kid right now. But as we're talking more with him, and I'm really recognizing at this point that I just want this kid to go away. Like he's just being obnoxious. He's even being downright rude in certain places. I mean, he's telling me I have no sense of humor. He's, I'm like, and yet then he goes and asks for my number again. And I'm like, really, dude? Like you're putting me down and then trying to get. To One too me? many pickup artist websites. It's like way, way bad. <laughs> so all of a sudden, my mom starts texting me. And she's. This is my favorite part of the story. This like blows me away. So I'm imagining my parents at home on like Thursday, Friday night, and they're sitting there Googling the kid for me. And giving me like where he graduated from, like what his major was, where he came from, his parents owned such and, and such raised, store, high like, school accomplishments. And she's like egging me on, and I'm like, Mom, no, this dude is like not who you want to be set, getting me set up with. And the kid starts getting ruder and ruder and ruder, and so finally, and I, I gotta say, I am never like this. I never try to put anybody down. It's just not in my nature. Like, I really don't like making other people feel bad just because I'm not interested. Like, I don't think that's an appropriate way to behave. Mm -hmm. But this kid was ticking me off to the point where I was just like, oh, look, I heard back from my dad. Recognize the name, but not a standout player on the ice. Sorry, buddy, you're done. (laughs) And he just stormed off and was like, your dad needs to check his eyesight. (laughs) Like, walked off. But I love the fact that my mom's is sitting there at home, like, Google stalking some dude for me. In real time and relaying the information to you. It's just like in House of Cards where you like see the text message come up on the screen and they're like showing what's going on. It's like, I don't know, it cracked me up. Anyway, so dating adventures. I promise I won't share too many of them, but I kind of thought that one was Oh, absurd. keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any of your own dating adventures or crazy stories, please feel free, feel free to share them with us at awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You're right. There's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn, but it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others. And 
now for our favorite part of the show, your questions on how to behave. Awesome etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? <laughs> StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. <laughs> After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Jessica writes, I recently received a job offer via email. Attached to the email was a file with both my offer and another person's. Mm. While this person holds a different position than what mine would be, it still made me very uncomfortable. I don't know whether or not I should address this sloppy error in my reply to their offer or to simply ignore it. I guess my reply will vary based on whether or not I decide to accept their offer, but I was just holding out for a bit of advice. You know, in this situation, I say you kind of forget that it happened. Really? I would just delete that other attachment off my email. Once you open it and read the first line or two you and know realize it's not for it's you. Not for you. Uh, to me, this is a situation where there might not need you might not need to point out someone else's mistake. If for some reason you think that you might be able to help the person who sent you the file mistakenly avoid the mistake in the future by telling them about the mistake they made, you might take that kind of tone. Uh, just thought you should know, I also received an attachment on this email that I believe was intended for someone else. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would keep it very simple, very factual like that. I wouldn't That's... call into question their, no, no, their ability or, or mention that you thought it was some kind of breach of confidentiality. Or that you thought it was inappropriate. Yeah, I, I'm with Dan. I tend to, to run on the side of be honest you don't have to be opinionated about it, but you can be honest about it. And um, I, whether I accepted the job or not, I would probably say I just wanted you to be aware that there was a second attachment on this email that was meant for this person. Mm -hmm. I didn't read past their name, but I wanted you to be aware. There and that's go. it. 
So keep it simple. If you are going to mention it, stick to the facts and tell yourself that you're taking this like broccoli on the tooth. You're helping them avoid embarrassment yes. in the future by I alerting would... them to an awkward <laughs> and situation. And the way you do that, you always say, I would want to know if the situation was reversed and I was in this position, so I'm choosing to tell you. But I would read the email back to myself and be sure that my tone doesn't get scoldy or preachy or, preachy or... or have a, a, even a hint of a reprimand. In yes, it. You want to really stick to the facts. Good luck. And I hope I hope if you took the job, you Good like your new job. New position, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is the standard cutoff time to make a phone call at night? Best I am so ever. glad we have this question on our list. And this is this gets so complicated in the age of the cell phone. Really, it does. And I want people to please let us know what they think. I, I want to hear more about where, this too. So please absolutely, chime in. the Emily Post yeah. Facebook page. We don't have the Facebook for this podcast set up yet, but it's coming. Right. And this is one of those questions that I think should be a running discussion. It should be All a forum topic. I'm going to call. <laughs> out my father my dear friend Aaron <laughs> and my new friend Jacqueline on their pre 8 a.m. text messages <laughs> they come into my phone that double buzz to let me know that something has come in and drive me absolutely bonkers on the drive over here Lizzie noticed my phone is set on do not disturb yeah and has been for a couple months. I don't know how to change that setting. Which is really difficult, <laughs> by the way, when I'm trying to get in touch with you to tell you that something is wrong at the office. But a big part of it is how... <laughs> Do you love how he just ignored that? He just like went straight into like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> a big part of that, sorry. Is that these phones often sit by our, our beds at night. Yeah, they're, it's, they're it's my alarm there. clock for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And So I have it on. I, ha I don't do the do not disturb thing because I want... Also, like if there's an emergency, which, yes, my phone has rang in the middle of the night and I needed to go pick someone up and help them out. Like it happens. For the record, there. I do see visual alerts that there are incoming calls and texts. Oh, so you actually <laughs> consciously ignore them. But you don't always Thanks, see Dan. them. You don't always see them. Thanks, Dan. This will be our last podcast mm -hmm. as we've now had a rift in the family. <laughs> no. <laughs> so before the cell phone. Yeah. The cutoff time was pretty clear, about 8 o'clock in the evening. You okay. didn't call after people in the house started to fall asleep. I was... You didn't call so early that you woke people up. This was when the phone okay. used to ring in the yeah. living yeah. room and no, the kitchen. The house. I got called out. So in, in grammar school, we had, you know, homework buddies. And this was the person that you could call if you were having trouble with your homework, mm -hmm. right? Designated friend. And I called my homework buddy at 9 o'clock at night. Her mom was furious yeah. and being the good little etiquette girl that i was i wrote an apology note and i sent it no, home with the girl not. i did absolutely and said i'm so sorry the rule at my house is 10 o'clock and i should not have assumed it was the same at your house too mm -hmm. but cell phones have really changed so, this exactly so i was thinking <laughs> as as you think about this question maybe the cell phones change that maybe you you have someone who you know you can call later it doesn't wake up the whole house right. you know that they're awake till midnight every night. They're watching right. The Daily Show. You're going to call them and talk about The Daily Show episode as right. it's happening. But, but I'm still floored at the amount of people that will... T and granted, I will send a text as opposed to call someone if I'm not sure if they're awake yet, that sort of thing. Or if I think maybe they've gone to bed, I'll text and see if they're still up. So I do it too. But it does just crack me up, the number of pre-7 or 8 a.m. phone calls or text messages that I get. I'm like, really, guys? Like, I'm not... My alarm doesn't go off till 8. So what's the answer? So the answer is that you should not call and use your head. 
think about the person that you're calling and consider whether or not they are probably up. Not just because you have to get up earlier for your job or not just because you happen to be awake late on a Thursday night and want to discuss, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever it is that you finally <laughs> downloaded and watched. But I do think it's really important for you to just take a minute and think, is it too late? Is there another way that I could reach them? Is this an emergency where I need to get a hold of them? Are they going to appreciate this? Are they going to appreciate this? <laughs> yeah, right? Really yes. do. Think about the other person. It's back to the platinum yeah. rule. It's not always about you and your standards. In today's world, you oftentimes have to put yourself in someone else's shoes, think about it. their standards and what they would most appreciate. My favorite phrase. I also love how you're willing to moderate a little bit. Maybe a phone call isn't so good early in the morning, but a text is fine that doesn't ring in the same way, that doesn't demand the same attention of yeah. the other person. So and here we're going to we're going to really bring it into the social media age and say that if you really don't want to disturb someone and it's not a pressing matter, shoot them a Facebook message. It's silent. They're only going to get it when they log in. <laughs> like there's no disruption there unless they've mobile app the Facebook oh, that's thing, true. Yeah, I don't do the push notifications. And, okay, yeah. well, scratch that. No, but I thought it was but a again, good idea. It's within that range, we've got choices now. We have choices. And you got to think. So you got to think. Exactly. Sorry, tough answer. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when we talk for a long time and probably don't give them anything well, beneficial at the end, other than it, food for thought. It gets closer to the uh, the truth of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I just I love where this next question comes from. Um, <laughs> it comes from Cape Town, South Africa. And I just I love the fact that we have people from all over the world writing in. So Jane writes, I wonder if you have any etiquette thoughts on tattoos. I'm an older person with no tattoos, but I see so many people, even older ones, covered in tattoos. Is it OK to stare and read the tattoos? Should one avert one's eyes? This is often a jumble of pictures and writings. And I wonder if people get tattoos just for themselves or for others to notice, too. What do you think? I think this is one of the best questions we've had in a long time. <laughs> and I love thinking about tattoos. I think they're so cool. I don't have any. I don't plan to ever get any. Um, and and it's definitely true that they're becoming a, a bigger and bigger part of a broader world. Yeah. It used to be once upon a time a tattoo meant you were a biker, a sailor, had spent some time in a prison somewhere. Right. <laughs> and that's no longer necessarily true. As this as this <laughs> listener notes, they've become a rite of yeah. passage for a whole generation. Um, as far as looking at them, it's never really polite to stare. 
So I think that no matter what it is, whether you're noticing someone's outfit or someone's tattoos, that that you want to be careful that you don't cross the line yeah. to, to awkward staring. <laughs> At the same time, you might notice a colorful shirt on someone or a hairstyle that you like or a particular application of makeup. You can notice things about it's people's okay appearance. It's okay to look. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can look without giving offense or, or being creepy or invasive. Um, you might not want to ask a lot of probing questions about someone's tattoos. You might not want to ask to touch them <laughs> yes. or, or investigate tattoos that aren't fully revealed or exposed unless you know someone well and you happen to be talking about right. it. Uh, another... Proceed with caution, in other words. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, and just with respect. That yeah. These are these are people. <laughs> and they're, they're, they are also painted people working, At walking, At the same time, yeah. They, I think if you're going to get tattoos, I mean, like a friend of mine is just in the, in the process of she's just gotten the outline done of a sleeve that she's getting. And she knows mm-hmm. she's going to get a lot of questions about it. And um, it's one of those things where even, even our cousin Peter, he's got sleeves going on and, you know, they're interesting. There's some cool, he's got some cool artwork on his arms. And sometimes uh, I stare at the, the classic Americana variety. And, and yeah. if you catch him in the right mood, he really likes talking about him. Right. <laughs> but what if you catch him in a bad mood? I, I'm going to say to the people who do get tattoos, especially ones that are very visible, um, be prepared to have someone answer a question or ask a question about it. Excuse me. Be prepared to have a short answer or an in-depth answer to say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's something I've accumulated over the years for the short answer. Oh, well, you know, if you have time, I'm happy to tell you about them if you want to go into it. The but artist, the style, the decision making, the understand that people are going to be curious. So mm-hmm. if you're going to put it out there, it's just like the person who like gets like the earplugs or like some big face, something on their face. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. And then gets mad when people try to talk about it. It's like, dude, you put it out there. People are going to ask questions. Yeah. Be prepared for it. So and uh, this brings up another thought, the idea yeah. of the, the reciprocal responsibility that just like it's up to you not to be invasive and uh, staring awkwardly, it's up to someone else to not be too offended if someone does bring it up or talk about it. Right. I like to approach tattoos from a generational perspective also. When I talk to young folks who are yeah. entering the workforce, I talk about being prepared for working with a generation that might have seen tattoos differently than their generation. Right does and to be prepared to maybe present in a more conservative way to think about wearing clothes that cover up tattoos in the workplace if that's something that matters to the older generations in their workforce or to the clients that you might be or meeting. to the clients they might be meeting at the same time when I'm talking to folks who are from that other generation I remind them that tattoos don't carry the same weight or significance that they used to and that for a generation that's entering the workforce not to be too quick to judge and to, to allow themselves the the latitude to maybe broaden their perspective a little bit about what a tattoo might mean. Social courtesy does pay, doesn't it? Thanks. Thanks to everyone for sending in your questions. We so look forward to them, and even if we don't answer them on air, we do read everyone, so please keep them coming. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three. Wow. We're trying something a little bit different today and recording this segment from the private offices of the Emily Post Institute. Lizzie and I want to invite you to share your etiquette faux pas with us and with the the larger audience here at Awesome Etiquette. The idea is that that we want to highlight not just the exemplary behavior that that we're going to be acknowledging during our etiquette salutes, but we also want to acknowledge the the blunders and the mistakes that happen along the way, because oftentimes they, they say as much about us as our successes. So I'm going to get us started today by sharing one of my biggest etiquette faux pas, and it it has to do with a wedding invitation that I completely ignored. I was very graciously invited to the wedding of my high school sweetheart. Um, years years after our relationship had ended, um, she was getting married to 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 her husband today, a brilliant man, very successful journalist. And, um, and, and I received a wedding invitation. I really didn't know what to, to do with it. I, I was unsure. And in my, my uncertainty, in my confusion, I just didn't do anything. I didn't respond to it. I didn't send a gift. I didn't decline. I didn't RSVP. I didn't attend. Um, my, my new girlfriend at the time, I think, approved of my course of action. In fact, she might have even been soothed by it, but it absolutely wasn't the correct thing to do. Um, and I sort of knew it, and I knew it at the time, but I, I, I thought that it would be easier on myself at the time just to ignore it completely. Um, years later, when the social media revolution hit, and I found myself on Facebook with that spider web of connections sort of growing outward through through my growing social network, and as that that spider web of connections started to to penetrate back into my past and my high school social circles, I I couldn't ignore that high school girlfriend anymore. She was friends with just about everybody that I was was friends with from that time in my life. Our circles were so overlapping that I ended up apologizing via social media. I sent her a Facebook apology. She most graciously accepted it, told me that it was long forgotten and not to worry about it. Um, so the story ends up being a little revealing about both how how social media can help reestablish bonds that are are, are lost or, or maybe that you think are, are done with as you move on in your life. So that's the happy part of the story. But the sad part of the story is I completely ignored a wedding invitation, and I missed a great wedding. A lot of my high school social circle was there, and it would have been a lot of fun to be there myself. And to this day, I, I regret that I didn't go. And, you know, since we're being confessional, I think I still owe her a wedding present. That's my etiquette faux pas story, and I hope this inspires you to share one of yours. So please send them to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com, and uh, feel free to omit any personal or revealing details. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep them anonymous, or if, if you really want to get confessional, we'll, we'll issue your apology on air. So thanks so much, and we'll, we'll keep an eye open for those emails. Lizzie and I think it's really important to highlight all the good etiquette that's going on in the world today. So each episode, we like to do an awesome etiquette salute. 
So it might seem a little strange to automatically offer up an awesome etiquette salute to a celebrity, but she's a celebrity that loves etiquette. I've actually had the privilege to be on the phone with her talking about etiquette before, and that is Miss Lauren Conrad. And I think that etiquette isn't just about doing good deeds for other people. It's so much about uh, handling difficult and awkward situations well. And... Lauren Conrad was on a radio show a month or two ago where the host, you know, hosts sometimes want to ask that like um, edgy. edgy question. They want to get something salacious out of you, that kind of thing. And I think that the way that you handle yourself when you get approached with a question like that says a lot about who you are. And man, this told me that Lauren Conrad is a woman of class through and through. And she was asked, what's your favorite position? And by all standards, I'm pretty sure he was talking about her favorite sexual position. Inappropriate question. No Inappropriate doubt. question in an interview. Maybe depending on what show she was on, it fit in. But what I love is that rather than be offended by it or rather than play into it, which is unnecessary as well, she turned around and said, CEO. And I thought that is so darn classy mm -hmm. that you turn that question that is an inappropriate question into something that says, hey, I'm a businesswoman and I'm serious and I like what I do. And I'm also going to be witty and cute about telling you that my favorite position is being the boss. <laughs> and I, lo I love that. So Lauren Conrad, you get my awesome etiquette salute of the week. You're here. <laughs> well, now, uh, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness. Hey, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We really enjoy this time that we get to spend with you. Send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, or your suggestions for future podcasts to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're the Emily Post Institute. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Dan and I each have our own handles. I am at Lizzie A. Post. And I'm at Daniel underscore Post. Or you can submit questions or comments to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can also visit us at emilypost.com. This is Awesome Etiquette, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. The Infinite Guest Network has all kinds of podcasts for you to listen to, including The Splendid Table, Dinner Party Download, and Wits. Find them all at infiniteguest.org.